This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area. And today we have a special guest. She is a, she's in the medical field. I know you guys, a lot, I, know, <laughs> I know a lot of you guys saw that um, movie about the nurse who was drugging people and killing them. <laughs> <laughs> this is not that. No. We have one of the greatest traveling nurses in the nation. Here to talk about the ins and outs of her job and what people don't ex- what people expect, but and also the things that are not expected. So, welcome, Jazz, to the show. How are you this evening? Wonderful, good to be here. Speak up a little bit louder, please. Hello. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're you are a registered nurse, or correct? That's your job title, RN. Mm-hmm. And how long you've been doing that? been a nurse for 15 years for 15 years and you're a traveling nurse right i am i come from texas houston what's the what's the difference between texas and california nursing? no 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 well i mean yeah you could say that yeah <laughs> is there a difference yes okay. so california has a lot of unions there's so many it's so pro nurse this is like utopia for nurses out here that's why i keep coming back um there are <laughs> ratios, mandated ratios for nurses. You can't have more than X amount of patients. We actually get lunch breaks here. In other states, they usually don't. I mean, I, I, it, it's amazing. I love it. How was that possible you don't get lunch breaks? Huh? Isn't that against the law? It's very against the law. But across the state, across the nation, like most nurses, they, they get a lunch break whenever they can. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's interruptions to their lunch break. They're getting up. They're going to take care of patients, et cetera. So it's... It's you get a break when you can versus here you have a mandated break nurse and somebody's covering your patients so you don't have to worry about anything while you're on lunch. So it's mm. really great. How long were you? Were you so you were always nursing in San Antonio? Who? Were you always nursing in San Antonio? Houston. Yeah. Houston. <laughs> yeah. That's where you're based. Mm-hmm. So when you're a traveling nurse, you have a base camp or something and then you just yep. get sent out other places. Yeah, so you choose your assignments. I choose where I want to go. So I have a few a list of places that I'd like to go, areas, um, and then depending on the salary, that's where I kind of choose where I want to go. Mm. But you have to keep a home base to get the tax-free stipend. Explain what was the tax-free stipend. So I have an hourly wage as my income, mm. and then I also have um, tax-free stipends for meals, housing, and incidentals. So um, every day that I'm out here, I get a little bit for a hotel or whatever, and that part is tax-free. So in order to keep it tax-free and not have the IRS know that you, you know, are not actually traveling, you have to keep a home base at least 50 miles away from your assignment. It sounds like you're trying to pull a fast one on the IRS or something. <laughs> <laughs> so when they, when you, when you do your taxes, they uh-huh. go by your hourly wage, not all the other shit you're getting. Correct. Uh Okay. Because I have to keep two homes, basically. Uh-huh. So they don't count the second home or the fee or the cost associated with keeping the second home. And is that because, like, when you... Is that because, basically, Texas 
cost of living is not the same as California cost of living? It doesn't matter. If I went and I decided to travel nurse in New York or I don't know, Iowa or whatever, I would mm. still have my home base and I would get tax-free stipends. However, the government will tell you that, okay, the cost of living in the Bay Area is X and you can have this much tax-free money versus the cost of living in Iowa is Y. So changes wherever you go. So your hourly wage never changes, right? It does. Oh, it does change based, based on, on where you're at. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. like if whatever hospital I end up working at can afford a nurse for X amount of whatever, then mm. that's where we're going to go. And where else have you uh, worked at? Um, mostly California, but Texas as well. Mm. And then Florida. Do you see a certain type of patient when it comes to California and Texas? Like, do you see a bunch of redneck meth heads in Texas? And then when you come to California, people go in because, I don't know, they have headaches and shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, my specialty is cancer. So I have been a cancer nurse most of my career. And I do see there's a little bit of a difference. When I took an assignment out in Stockton, that was very interesting to me. That was the first time I saw young patients with like drug problems, et cetera, Mm -hmm. and the the amount of homelessness and such. So that was my second assignment in California, I think. But yeah, so there's there's a little bit of difference the way that Texas has their homeless population versus here. I've also I mean, what what were the homeless people coming in for? Not just because they're homeless. Well, well, wounds, pain. I mean, pretty much anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, you said you're a cancer. Your specialty is cancer. Like, did you go to school? When you go to school, nursing school, right? Do you? Does it like specifically learning about cancer? No. So. Nursing is a general specialty, mm. so everybody graduates with a general nursing degree. Mm. However, once you get out, you then choose a specialty. So you can choose pediatrics or kids, you can choose cancer, and then your job then trains you on whatever. cool thing about being a nurse is I can jump from specialty to specialty if I want to, as long mm. as whatever hospital I go to wants to train me. What school, uh, what school did you go to? University of the Incarnate Word. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. The University of the Incarnate Word. University of... It's a Catholic the, school in San Antonio, very small. Is that the real name of it? Yes. The University of Jesus? The University of the Incarnate Word. Wow. hmm <laughs> And why did you choose that school? Um, it was close to home. Um, it has one of the best nursing programs in the entire state of Texas, the first one. So. so it's not a designated nursing school for just nursing. It's just a school that has a program for nursing. Right. Okay. Um, so how was that school? How was it? I... Really loved it. It was beautiful. The campus was wonderful. Nursing school was crazy hard. I mean, I was losing hair and like stressed the heck out, but it was it was very awesome. A good experience overall. Is it like a four year program? So, and this is how most nursing schools are. So mm. you do your prerequisites for two years, whatever, two and a half, however long it takes you to get through your prerequisites, and then you get you apply to a nursing school, and then you get in, and then however long that program is is how long you graduate. So. I did two years of prereqs, and then I did two and a half years. That's how my program worked of nursing. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when you were growing up in high school, did you <laughs> did you graduate with the thought of being an RN? Absolutely. And is that because your parents were nurses? No. Well, I mean, family. My favorite aunt, her name is Rhonda. She was a nurse, and she went to Incarnate Word, too. So mm. I really kind of like looked up to her and wanted to be like her. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was the only reason it wasn't because I want to help people. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, everybody. Well, not everybody. <laughs> Some people go into it for the money, but 
I think my my grandmother has had some cancer battles and pacemaker and this, that, and the other. And I just really want to learn more about what that means. And then I saw my Aunt Rhonda. She's super cool. And mm. she was the cool auntie. Um, and I wanted to be the cool auntie. Mm. <laughs> when, um, you know how every program has, like if you go to the police force, they have shit that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know about, only the people that went through the program. Military. When you bec- when you go in the military, they have shit that goes on that only the people that went to the military would know about. What are some of the shit that nursing programs and nurse in the nursing world that goes on? I mean, I like, feel do like you guys gotten... have crazy nurse parties and <laughs> like what goes on? <laughs> we don't have time to party. <laughs> um, I mean, it's so serious and so strict, and they make they they stress you out like. They mm. give you anxiety of knowing that someone's life is in your hands and you have to take everything seriously. So, I mean, every test counts, every assignment counts. Like, it is so stressful in nursing school. So, no, there's not nursing parties necessarily. Mm. People get involved in their social aspects in college or whatever. But um, I would say that it, it's very difficult to go through nursing school. Very, very difficult. Where Did you drink in, in college? Heck yeah. Did you drugs in college? No. Promise. <laughs> you said like I'm posing though. Why is that? Well, I'm. I was just a good girl for a long, long time. Uh, were you raised religious? Very much so. Like what? Catholic? No. Christian? Yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I never, I never thought that I would want to do anything like that or mm. be involved in something like that. So it wasn't a, a thought. But I did drink. A How lot. many siblings do you have? Okay, that's a great question. So three that I grew up with. Mm. <laughs> Um, total six or seven. Papa was a Rolling Stone, so I don't know. There's new. Kids so you don't know up. how many children your dad has. There's new kids popping up apparently recently. Mm-hmm. The, the the siblings that you named. Do all of you guys have the same mom and dad? No, I'm the only one with my mom and dad. So, oh. mm-hmm. so out of the four that we gr- I grew up in the same household, my sister has one dad. I have my own dad, and then the last two were. Um, and does how is that dynamic when you have siblings growing up? And you, all you guys have different parents. Um, so I really didn't have much contact with my biological father. So the guy who um, raised, well, had my last two, my mom's last two kids, um, he raised me since I was like three months old. So he is my dad. So mm. the last three of us, we don't really have any issues. I re- he he raised me from the beginning. But my older sister, of course, she knew about her real dad and not really accepted that. Is it a uh... Is your mom still with the guy that raised you? No, he passed away when I was 17. Your mom's still alive? Mm-hmm. She never remarried or anything? She did. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Explain. Yeah. I really don't care for him. Let's <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> Is she still married to him? Yes. Okay. Unfortunately, yes. Mm. It's her life, though. So, like, live it. So, your mom had multiple kids with multiple men. Yeah. That's crazy. Ass. And she was religious? Right. Well, she found Jesus after she had her second child, so after me. Okay, but she you said she had multi, she had other children after that? Mm-hmm. But she married oh. my dad and then had other kids. Yeah. What made her get so religious? He did. Can you believe? He got her involved in religion and taught her everything in the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And then he decided he didn't want to go to church anymore. So mm. <laughs> he stopped going to church, but she <laughs> kept going. Uh, are you still religious now? Did you grow up? I mean... When you're a kid, you're forced that shit. Correct. You don't really have the choice right. to be like, I don't believe this fucking, what this motherfucker, and to 
the pulpit is saying. Pretty sure I don't. But then when you (laughs) when you get older, (laughs) yeah, you start to realize and you start to hear other information. You start to see Christians and shit are hypocrites and all this other stuff. I mean, everybody's a hypocrite. So yeah, well, but everyone doesn't preach it like they're like some holy saint or something, right? So it makes you despise them even more, or or a little bit more than the average person who who will say something and do another. I mean, I guess you could. I just feel like where I am in my spiritual journey right now, I do believe that there is a God and Mm. we should be, you know, good people, right, overall. But do I feel like I have to be involved in the doctrine and all that extra stuff, which is mostly man-made? No, I don't believe that organized religion. I mean, you don't got to be religious to treat people with respect and to be a good person. Exactly. But religious people think that you need to be religious in order yes. to do that. That's the only thing I don't well, like. I mean, it's in the Bible, though. Like, it, it tells you yeah. to gather together, et cetera. So, well, like, there's... The Bible is suspect. Okay. It's Tell a, me it's, more. It's just a written book. I think the Bible... Well, first of all, yeah. a lot of people don't even know that that Bible was translated so many times. Exactly. From the original Bible that was... From the King James Bible mm-hmm. that was written in Latin. Right. And then King James gave permission to have that book translated... And then that's when it started to dilute. It's just like telling the room when you whisper to someone. By the time that what you say gets to the 10th person, yep. that whole story is going to be different. It's an entire game of telephone. So yeah. I agree with you mm-hmm. that overall, some of the wording may have changed throughout time. Definitely after King James hmm. had his own agenda, I guess. Yeah. Um, there were some different messages in the Bible prior to that than there are now. Mm. So yeah, there is some changes, but I feel like the overall message is the same. Live a good life, take care of one another, mm. and do you i mean you have kids yes yeah or do you do you force religion on your children like your parents did you no and that i mean that's the biggest thing about growing up right like we always do something different than how we were raised right Mm -hmm. well i don't know you maybe you don't have kids yet but i don't have kids yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i just feel like as a parent i want to be a little different than my parents Right. Like whatever mistake my mom and dad made, I want to not make those mistakes for my kids. So I, I, they have gone to church. They have been active. My daughter dances still at the church in Houston and that sort of thing. However, do I force it? Do we have to wake up on Sunday mornings and it's not an option? Absolutely not. Do you believe you're a good mother? I do. Do your kids confirm that? (laughs) I mean, my daughter's a preteen now. So sometimes. I would say 80% of the time mm. they would say, yeah, but then my daughter, no, sometimes she's moody. So you have, you have one girl, one boy. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's harder raising the girls or the boys? Um, I would say the girls. Well, let me rephrase that question. Are you, are you more concerned about your son going into the real world or your daughter? Honestly, my son, because... <laughs> Because my daughter, she is very headstrong and she's very strong-willed. I know she's going to be okay. My son, mm-hmm. he's just kind of a little too go with the flow a little mm-hmm. bit. So I feel like maybe he might get into the wrong situation, the wrong crowd or whatever. Do you talk about your, do you talk to your daughter about, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have kids, but I assume that there's certain things that you need to prepare your daughter for yep. and that you wouldn't have to prepare your son for. Just walk, being just being a, a teenage girl walking down the street in a city, mm-hmm. you have to prepare your daughter for that. You know what I'm saying? The cat calling, the perverts. You understand what I'm saying? 
I mean, and a I teenage boy walking down the street, you don't have to talk to your son about being catcalled. Yeah, being catcalled or, or fucking <laughs> worrying about uh, some pervert trying to holler at her, some right. grown up trying to holler at her in a you know Target or something, you know? Right. I mean, there's different things. Obviously, mm. I have a black son, so there's things that I talk to him about that mm. I don't have to talk to my black daughter. Well, I guess I, I mean I do, but it's not well, such yeah, a serious uh, conversation, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, but police yeah, police are killing black girls and boys. That's true. Sandra Bland, say her name. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do talk about it a little bit. I think me and my daughter have a really open relationship. She just talks about whatever she wants to talk about, and I answer it however she I want to answer it. How was growing up in Texas for you? I'm learning it wasn't as great as I thought it was. So, so you grew up in San Antonio, the city. Well, okay. Very long story. So I was born in San Antonio. My parents moved to the Corpus Christi area, a little small town called Portland, Texas. Mm. Um, and so I spent... Between, well, wait, wait. What type of town is it? Is it like the towns that you see in the movies where there's like only 400, Lights, 400 people? In yeah. Jail? Football shuts the whole city down. Right, right, right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good old Bible Belt, Texas. Right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What was the, it was, I forgot. The like, how was it like growing up in Texas? I'm realizing it wasn't as great as I thought it was. So I grew okay. up in a very small town. I thought I was going to live there the whole rest of my life. You know, small town, well, you probably don't know, but small town thinking, you think, okay, mm. this is a great place to raise kids. I'm going to have my kids here. I'm going to stay here. I want my kids to go to my high school that I went to, mm-hmm. all of that. However, you know, coming outside of Texas, just traveling the world, traveling the country, you find out that there are some things in Texas that, I mean, there's a lot more racism. You know, racism is everywhere, I know, but I feel like it's a little more targeted um, in Texas, though. There's that, the political climate, of course, you know, the heavy Bible Belt influence in Texas, though. Mm -hmm. It's quite different. My mind is very open now. When did you start traveling? I don't know, like 25? I was late. Oh, yeah, that is late. By 25, your your mind should already be, your mind and your beliefs should already be, uh, like, formed. Right? Right. So you're right. saying you were easily influenced when you left? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I just have an open mind, I think. Like, mm. even though I was raised a certain way and I, be- you know, I, at the time I believed that this wasn't it or whatever, I, I was pretty open-minded about learning about other things. So mm. even going to undergrad school at a Catholic school, you would think that I would be, first of all, I'd come out Catholic. I thought I was going to come out Catholic. But then yeah. also, um, you would think that I'd be a little closed-minded, but they had a lot of on-campus activities to learn about Buddhism and, you know, any other religion in the world. So mm-hmm. it was, it, college was really eye-opening, but I really started traveling, traveling. So you started, you started learning other shit when you went to college? Because mm-hmm. you were around other, like, different types of people? Yep. In your college, were there, like, people from out of state and shit going there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of international students and mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you said, so you say you were in a small town, um... I don't know, explain that. Was it like very racist? Yeah. I remember my first racist encounter. I was like 12. I was at a corner store. And I remember I just picked up the phone. We were just, you're 12. You're playing. You're Mm -hmm. goofy. And some lady told me to go back to Africa where I came from. I had no idea what that meant. We hadn't had the race talk in our family at all. So I went home and I'm like, mommy, why did she say that? And then when you were 12? 12. See, that's the difference between a 12-year-old in a small town and a 12-year-old in a... In a big in a, town? In a, in a big city. They already, they already know all the shit. Really? Yeah, 12-year-old, you're basically grown. Yeah. You know about racism, you know about sex, you know about everything by, well, the, by I mean, the time you're 12. Yeah. I lived a very sheltered life. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, do you hate that? 
I did, but I think I'm a little more accepting of it now because it did protect me from a lot. So it's, there's a positive and there's a negative, but mm. I hated it when I was a younger adult. What are, give me one thing that you hate the most about being sheltered growing up and one thing that you believe is a positive of being sheltered. So the positive is, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think I held on to my virginity for a very long time. I was almost 21. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a super positive thing. It wasn't about, you know, being, being out there and being whatever. Um, and then the negative thing is I wasn't exposed to much. Like, honestly, I didn't date or early well, normal, right? Like yeah. 13, 14 or whatever. When everybody else dates, I didn't date early. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge drawback. Like I didn't learn the lessons that everyone learns early. So you make mistakes when you date and you don't know how to date. <laughs> you said you held on to your virginity by 20. Did you get married? No. I was real close. <laughs> <laughs> did you lose your virginity to someone you think you thought you were going to get married I to? I sure did. Mm. That's the worst, right? Because I was about to say, I'm like, why the fuck did you wait so long? Exactly. For, and, for, then waste and then waste it if you weren't going to get married. Exactly. You know exactly. So what happened? The guy was just like whispering sweet nothings and you fell for it? Mm-hmm. That type? Absolutely. Oh, okay. And you know, that's part of the being sheltered though, right? Like you don't know that that total bull, yeah. whatever. Well, that's part of yeah that sheltered and not experiencing men fair at at young ages when most women experience most women at young ages experience grown men which is crazy yeah i mean it is nasty but i don't know how it was in your high school but my high school there were high school girls dating grown men at my high school getting picked up from high school by grown ass niggas in the car pretty sure it happened there too but Mm -hmm. i wasn't friends with those kinds of yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds bad, but like I wasn't allowed to be friends with fast girls. Yeah. Did you play any sports? Nope. Not athletic in the least bit. Just tall for no reason, huh? Right. Oh, okay. Is your your family, are they from uh, part of Africa that you know about? Part of Africa? Okay, so I did a 23 and me. You ready? Yeah, because so. you, you, you're giving off, uh, oh, what's it? Atria? Atria? Yeah, Atria vibes. I would love or Nigerian, one of them. I would love to know that I came from there. However, mm. um, no, twenty three of me says ni- I'm Nigerian, sixty something percent Nigerian, and mm. the rest is white and a little bit of whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So allegedly, I'm Nigerian. I don't know if I identify. Both of your parents are black, correct? My dad is biracial. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so you graduate. Yep. You graduate from a high school in a small town. And then your plan was to go to that college or did you apply to other places? I applied to two different places. Mm. One was an HBCU, which I fully regret not going to. Hampton? Oh, no, I'm Clark? No. Oh, it's in Texas? Prairie View. I wanted to go to Prairie View. I didn't even know they had HBCUs in Texas. Wow. Yes, my ignorance, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. What was it called? <laughs> Prairie View A&M Prairie University. View. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Did you get accepted? I did. I got a full ride and everything, but I was scared to be around so many black people. Oh, my God. Small town. Small Damn. town thing. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck were you scared? Well, because, I mean, in my small town, there were literally like a handful of black families, and we all knew each other. And then the idea of going to a place, well, and... So you're black, of- and you thought being around other blacks, you were know, scared right? of. I know, right? So you feel more comfortable being around white people. So I've definitely unpacked that in therapy for sure. Okay. Um, 
But yeah. So, you know, back in that day, so when I was in high school, I believe there were, there were built some kind of naval base or something. I don't know. And so a bunch of black people started coming in the end of high school. Mm. And they made fun of me, how I speak, how I talk, how I act, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, I grew up around 98% white people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just seeing them make fun of me and pick on me all the time, that made me feel like I don't want to be around this for 24 So you got the Candace Owens syndrome. Oh, shut up. No, She's, I do Candace not. Candace Owens said the same thing. She shut said when she was up. in high school, she loved black men. <gasps> but uh, the way she talked, she used to get teased. And the way she dressed, she used to get teased by all the black people. And that made her despise black people. Ew, don't, don't compare me to Candace Owen. I was just well, scared. So, I mean, it's the same like, story that you just said. I mean, it's similar. But it's I the would... same. <laughs> but yeah. go ahead. No, but I, I don't think that I was... Well, I guess maybe it is very similar. Yeah. I, I, I'm not... I was scared of being around them and being picked on nonstop. Mm. My comfort zone was more white. Although my school was a historically Hispanic institution, whatever, whatever. I don't know what it's called. Mm. So it was more Hispanic than anything, but I'm assuming you dated a uh, white man all through. I mean, were you allowed to date in high school? No, nope. You didn't sneak and have a boyfriend. I did once, and I almost got killed because of it. So. He was white. No, he was black. My first boyfriend, my first kiss was black. Keelan Mills. in high school. Keelan Mills, mm-hmm. freshman. It was my sister's, my older sister's boyfriend's little brother. That was complex. That right? doesn't make sense. You were so you were. I mean, so you were. Fucking with black people. Not fucking, remember? I was a virgin. No, no, I'm not saying fucking, fucking, but I'm saying fucking with. I mean, yeah. I was cool with the ones that were cool, but the ones that were, I guess, insecure or whatever wanted to make fun of me, mm. I wasn't cool with. Okay. So, um, I forgot the question I asked you. It made you tell that story. We went off on a long tangent, didn't we? Oh, yeah. The, yeah you, you denied the HBCU. Mm-hmm. Like, did you get a full ride at the Christian school? No. It was the stupidest decision of my life, honestly. Oh, and it was a private school, so I came out with like 40-something thousand in debt, which is great considering the school costs 40000 a year. Yeah, for that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. Are you student debt-free now? Heck no. <laughs> I'm, waiting on, I'm waiting on Joe to hook me up. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, I don't even think you're going to qualify. You only have 40000 ah! When people have hundred thousands. Yeah, plus the income doesn't work out. But um, yeah. no, I'm pretty low right now, so I probably only have ten. But I got two master's degrees after that, so I got into a little bit more. So the whole time you were in uh, school, from when you were high, in high school mm-hmm. to the woman that you were in college, did you change? Yeah. College does change you, don't you? How did know? it change you? I feel like I, that's when I became more open-minded to other things and other experiences and other cultures and other ideas. Did you start... Come, become? Did you? Did you start... Getting into your womanhood, and when I say womanhood, uh, like learning what type of men you like, uh, learning what you like sexually, uh, that type mm, of stuff. No, not in college because I was I was almost graduated, and then by the time I decided to start doing stuff with people, I was in nursing school, so I didn't have time. <laughs> mm. So it's safe to say you still don't know. As a how old are you? Thirty-seven. As a thirty-seven-year-old woman. <laughs> Is it safe to say you still don't really know what you like uh, for when it comes to men and like sexuality and I don't know, like everything else? I mean, I feel like I'm still finding that out. I have a pretty good idea, but I'm still... If you ask me, if you ask me what I like, I can give you yeah. quick answers. Okay, what do you like? If, oh. No, no, it's not about no, me. No, no, I just if it, <laughs> So if I ask you, 
Yeah. What what type of, what what do you look for in a man? Smart, driven, um, successful, a provider, attractive. <laughs> so what, so, so all, all that stuff you can't tell by just looking at someone. Right. Right. Conversation. So yeah. So that's that's after the fact that you guys actually meet in whatever, go on a date or whatever. <laughs> so physically. Yeah. Tell me. Like what I look at? Yes. If I see somebody. What are you attracted to in a man physically? Light skin, black dude, muscles, um, great teeth, great hair. Okay. Fallow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, answer the uh what what question I uh, asked you another question before I asked you that. What was it? Being a thirty year old woman. Yeah. You still don't know literally what you I mean. Are basically are you still experiencing things? Yeah. Yep. You're still trying to find out what you like. For sure. Okay. And that's because you didn't do it when you were young. Or date, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you in therapy for? Just general life. <laughs> Just dealing with stress and life and being a mom and everything under the sun. So you felt like you had to go to therapy for that? No, I just feel like we should all go to therapy, period. Um, we all oh have something God. we You're need to work through. You're one of those? You don't believe in therapy? Fuck no. Really? Hell no. I'm tired of I'm tired of people yeah? saying that everyone needs therapy. No, they okay. don't. And I don't think people who go to therapy need therapy. They're just doing it because it's the cool thing to do. It's trending. Well, like I just agree because with you on you're that. sad. Yeah. Let me give you an example. A person says, Oh, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. I lost my job. I don't have this $8,000 a month income anymore. I'm just, I don't, I've been at this job for 10 years. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm sad. When I had this $8,000 a month income, had a nice apartment. Yeah. Would go out because I'm making 8,000, but I was traveling. So now <laughs> <laughs> you lose that income. Yeah. And now you can't live the lifestyle that you were living when you had it. You had to downgrade. I can't, maybe I can't go to Fiji. Yeah. Maybe I can't go to Cancun every three months. <laughs> now, maybe I can't go out to eat all the time. Yeah. So your life changed. So now you're sad because you had to change your life. So people say, oh, I'm sad. Now they're saying they're depressed. Yeah. Now she thinks she's depressed because she's sad because she lost her job. <laughs> oh, I'm depressed now because I had to change my lifestyle. Now they go to therapy. The therapist, because most therapists just want your money, they're going to be like, yes, you are a depressed girl. Talk to me. Is that what they do? Yes. They want to help people. I study too. psychology. I know this. Okay, go ahead. So they're like, okay, girl, yes, you're, you're depressed, blah, blah, blah. Knowing that you're not go- never going to get, if you actually go see a, like a psychiatrist, they're not going to diagnose you. They're not going to diagnose you for depression. They're going to be like, no, you're fucking, you're just sad because you had to change uh, your lifestyle. But I guarantee if said woman was to get another job and start making money again and start living that lifestyle, you think she's going to be sad? Depression is something that's not going to be changed off of a, you know what I'm saying? Off of a, 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 a certain uh, action that happened into your life. Well, there are, it, wait, there's me, a thing called- Wait, wait, wait. And then- <laughs> Said woman gets a job. Now she's happy again. She's traveling and shit. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, she's not fucking depressed. She's not happy. She's not sad anymore. She's happy because her lifestyle is back to normal. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. What do you what do you feel about that example? That's an example of situational depression. So you can be depressed in an episode because you, of X situation. No, you could be sad. Clinical depression. Is well, that's way the only depression there that. is. If you're sad because you got dumped, does that mean you're depressed? Depression is something serious that a lot of people take use that word and take advantage of. And you have to be diagnosed with that. Depression, like people kill themselves over fucking depression. Correct. You're not going to kill yourself because you lost your fucking job and you can't you can't travel to, uh, to Tulum yeah. this summer. Right. So I, I think you're describing like some kind of entitlement situation. I don't know. Like it doesn't sound like depression to me. Correct. But you are exactly. having a situation where you are extremely sad. Whether that turns into clinical depression or not, you can be... I don't know. You need to see a psychiatrist or that. But I do feel like a lot of us do need to go to therapy, not because we're going through whatever situation right now, but because a lot of us don't know how, who we are. And a lot of us don't know how to cope with a lot of situations we're dealt, dealing with. Well, you said everyone needs to go to therapy. Yeah, just to find out if you do have coping mechanisms or not. Well, what if nothing is wrong with you and you're just, you're happy in your life. You, you're happy with who you are as a person. You're happy with everyone in your life. You're happy with what you're doing in life. Does that person need to go to therapy? Are any of us truly happy? No, but that's human nature. Exactly. So you, everyone shouldn't go to therapy just because they're sad about like uh, a certain aspect in their life. That. Well, you said everyone needs to go to therapy. I said they should go to therapy. I didn't say because they're sad. So why? Why? What's the specific reason you go to therapy? Uh, for coping. I mean, I have anxiety. I mm. was depressed for a while. You were diagnosed with depression. Diagnosed Prozac. Uh, your uh, doctor actually said you're depressed. Physician. Why did they say you're depressed? Or and when was this? Like yeah. in college? No. Oh, God, everything was wonderful in college. Um, probably mm. I don't know five six years ago. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like an identity crisis, just depression thing kind of situation. But I grew up with my mom having depression and being hospitalized, and you know things like that. So seeing that, I don't know, maybe triggered stuff in my brain. I don't know. I don't know how that worked, but. Genetic. Um, what was the, <laughs> what was the, well, obviously it built, it, something was building up. What was the, the final, like, yo, I need to go to therapy. What happened? I don't know if there was necessarily a straw that broke the camel's back. I feel like it was more of a, I had been handling everything on my own and being that strong, independent black woman that everybody's like, yay, it's such a great thing. And then realizing that I can't carry the whole world on my shoulders, that's when I broke. It wasn't a certain thing. It was just everything piling and piling and piling and piling and then learning how to say no. I feel like this is behind the father of your children. Yes. Some of it. Some of it. I think, you know, I, I was the breadwinner. Um, mm. It was very difficult for me to be the breadwinner and also be the strong person for the entire household, though. Why did you choose to have children with uh, a man? Did you not see these signs Versus before? Versus a woman? Or? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of women have children with men and then yeah. after the fact, they're single mothers. And mm. mm -hmm. I guarantee 90% of, of the women that you talk to mm -hmm. that end up being single mothers, if you really talk to them and be like, would you ignored all these signs that told you that this nigga was not going to be there for you after these kids are born, but you chose to have them. That's deep. Uh, I was married. Okay. <laughs> I had a honeymoon baby. Uh, mm -hmm. My first child, I wasn't ready mentally. Damn, honeymoon baby, those are the worst. 
for real. Um, but I mean, I just got married, so I'm not gonna, you know, I don't believe in schmorshin. Um, yeah, it's pulling out, but you know, <laughs> I mean, that only worked <laughs> for so long, right? <laughs> but you said a honeymoon, baby. So obviously, you guys were saying fuck it at the first. All right, continue to yeah, 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 anyway. So I had a honeymoon baby, and then my second, I mean, I'm apparently extra fertile, but um, my second baby came when I was on birth control. So there's mm. that. I don't think I was ever fully ready to be a mother. So that stress right there, and then mm. having to be the provider and caregiver for everybody. And, and I'm assuming Bible Belt Christian, yep. you didn't believe in abortions. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. You I mean, still and I was just married. You know, we did have that discussion though. It was like, it was literally two weeks after the wedding. I was like, I feel weird. Let me take a, a test. And, but we did look at each other like, should we, shouldn't we? And then it was just like, a, nope, we got to move on. We just got married. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he was down with uh, having him? Yep. Do you believe in abortions now? Not for me. Not I believe you. that everybody should be able to choose. If you would have had a one night stand, if you would have a one night stand now and end up getting pregnant, you would still have it? first of all, I would be responsible so I wouldn't be in that situation. But I would not. I don't think I would. Oh, wow. God, that hurts. I don't know. I, I might. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not hard. Like, I'm never going to have one because then you're going to be. I mean, married. obviously everything is situational. Correct. But in that specific situation, you'll still have it? With a one night stand? Probably not. Okay. I don't know. So what are you so ashamed about saying that? Take a plan B, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't wait till I'm three months pregnant and then decide I want to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so you go to college. Uh, you said you have a ma- two masters mm-hmm. from the same school? Not from Incarnate Word. From Lamar University, Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, Texas. Okay. Um, the fact that you're a traveling nurse, why do you... Are you scared to like leave uh, Texas fully, like move to California and have this as your permanent residence? I really do love the Bay Area. So if I can find a not fixer upper for less than a million, that'd be great. (laughs) But no, I am not scared to leave Texas. I am not whatever. I mean, my whole family, everything is there. However, I Mm. really do love California, especially for nursing. This is my career. I have to do this for the next 30, 40 years, right? So the only way you'll move here is if you own a house? I mean, I would want to purchase a house. I don't think I would want to. Well, I mean, well, shit, good luck with that. Raise my kids in an apartment. I was raised in an apartment, and I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> mm. Houses out here, like shitty houses, cost almost a million dollars. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, but it's not affordable, not mm. reasonable in any way, shape, or form. I don't know how regular people afford homes or. Um, are you hesitant because your children, their lives are in Texas and you don't want to uproot that? Yeah, that was the, that was the biggest thought process. But talking to my daughter and my son recently, they're like, I wouldn't mind going to California. Mm-hmm. Have they ever came here? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your, what is your, what are your two masters in? One's in business and one's in nursing. So it's an MBA, um, focused in healthcare and then an mm-hmm. MSN focused in on nursing administration. So how many years of schooling have you have you done from like kindergarten to about kindergarten. So we'll start with after high school? Yeah, well yeah, after high school, yeah. About nine years of schooling. Nine years plus the twelve years of regular school. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of school. Mm-hmm. Are you a believer that you need to go to college to succeed in life? Not anymore. No. I think college at this point 
not quite a scam. I know people call it a scam, but I feel like it's being marketed towards our youth and everybody doesn't to go to college. No. I mean, well, but doing the things you do, you need to go to college. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain, there's certain jobs and careers that you have to go to college. Right. But you don't need to go to college to be an art major. Correct. No. To spend four, ten, eight years or whatever <laughs> studying art or black history. I always say, if, 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 and if you're black, you should know your history. Well, yeah, you should know your history. Well, you shouldn't go to, you shouldn't be going to college to major in black history. Right. That's the stupidest shit I ever heard. Major in something you not think you're being. Well, even if you want to learn more about black history, why the fuck are you going to college to learn it? <laughs> you're being taught by white teachers. More than likely. Mm-hmm. You're not being taught, and if you're in a college, you're not being taught the real black history. Correct. So how would and you? you're black. You're living this shit. You know what I'm saying? So why why are you gonna let a white teacher tell you about black people? I yeah. feel I feel funny about that shit. No, I agree. I agree. But mm. I think there are some really great trades that, you know, if it's about like the only way you're gonna make decent money is going to college. No, there are some really nice trades out there that mm. you don't have to to make Hell decent yeah. money. If I had a if I had a kid, I would tell my kid to learn a trade, yeah. learn how to be an electrician, learn mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. fix AC units Absolutely. because that type of shit ain't going nowhere. All these jobs that people are going to college for mm-hmm. are going to get replaced in the next few years by right. AI. Right. You know what I'm saying? More than likely. There might an be- AI, you can't have an AI doing electrical work because that takes human like intel- They're going to find a way human. You know I that, right? So. I think they're going to because. Find a way. You, what are you gonna have a robot go to your house and 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 look at your circuit breakers and shit? You gonna have a robot come fix your plumbing? I don't think. So. I can see it. I don't see it. I can see it. You will have a robot like picking out your clothes, being a fashion designer, uh, doing music, um, fucking. Not only arts. I feel working like on bridges, taking poles. You know what I'm saying. I mean, but think about it. Like a lot of, and I mean, I hate to say this, but they're already trying to replace nurses too. You know, with. Remote with, monitor- with remote monitoring. And I mean, I feel like that's a step in between going to straight to AI or whatever. Mm. You know, even my eyes, I can see my patient, think they're, they're okay and kind of stare at their, you know, whatever their chest, like, oh, he's breathing funny, you know? Mm. But the AI could probably just catch it by walking in the room, like judging their vitals and what, I don't know. I, ma- I imagine we could all be replaced at some point by AI. Yeah. Well, they will try. I mean, yeah, well, no one knows the future, but... Mm-hmm. Even if that's true, I think it would take longer for them to to create AI that would AI plumbers and AI electricians. <laughs> I think it's going to take longer for that. Well, I think it's more about money, right? Like capitalism runs our entire country, right? So, mm. what is the return on investment of making an AI plumber? Plumbers don't. I mean, they're not making that much, right? That we need to find a robot sure to replace they, them. Some, some do. Mm. I mean, electricians, contractors, they make. Uh, like 140 an hour. Right. Probably more than that. Right. They make, some plumbers can make six figures mm-hmm. if you're a contractor. But I think people in tech are looking for the low-hanging fruit. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Tech jobs is the worst. Tech jobs are going to be the first to get replaced. <laughs> That's for sure. Because look at it. It's an algorithm. You can Everyone, if you, if you just read the news, that's why San Francisco is closing down, basically, because all their jobs... COVID... Was a gift and a, sw- a gift and a curse. Yeah, they co- all these tech companies when COVID hit Loaded. came, mm-hmm. they realized first that we don't need these niggas working in the office anymore. So we're not going to be paying thousands rent, of dollars rent bill. for all these for these buildings downtown San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all of that shit closed down. Yep. Second, they learned that 
they can uh, fire thousands and thousands of employees and still get the job done. Correct. Third, these executives are making hundreds and hundreds, damn near almost millions of dollars annually. They realize that we don't really need you anymore because we don't even have these physical offices. Everyone's in their uh, fucking house. <laughs> and we could just put on a Zoom and put everyone together. Yep. We don't even need this dude running shit because right. all he did was just organize the meeting. We don't need you anymore. Right. So tech, I think, uh, is the worst uh, job that you can get. But everyone wants to do it because they think they make so much money and shit. Right. But your job can disappear like that, obviously, because mm-hmm. all these tech companies are firing all their damn employees. Well, not just tech companies. When I worked at in Houston at one of the hospitals, I was a manager at the time and we had to let people go. And it was always the IT people first. They mm-hmm. would take as much as they could and then look at the clinical side too. So then look at how many nursing assistants or medical assistants we had and then tell us we need to take this amount out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, always low-hanging fruit, but tech always goes first because it's disposable, I guess. So speaking of the pandemic, how was working wow. through the pandemic for you? You know, it wasn't it wasn't bad for me because I started the pandemic as a leader. Um, but then I went, you know, I've always kept a as-needed job on the side. So mm. I went back to the bedside and became a travel nurse. And that's been super rewarding, but very stressful as well, too. Seeing people, you know, die and seeing people who didn't want the, you know, the vaccine because of whatever beliefs. And they're like, gasping for air just seeing them you know it was it was it's a lot a lot of nurses are have ptsd and things like that after through the pandemic there's lots who have retired we're almost heading towards another nursing shortage because Mm. there's so many people who have retired or will retire in the near future so it's going to be really interesting did you working through the pandemic i mean everyone saw this shit on tv and everyone was uh talking about you guys are like heroes and shit. And there was all these images of, mm-hmm. you know how, uh, of the nurses with the, yeah, yeah. with the mask off. And then they had the little uh, the branding, around, the yeah. ring around their face. <laughs> <laughs> so working through that, did you, I mean, and the seeing, I don't know if you, did you see a lot of death? So no, I'm not an ICU nurse. So I think the ICU nurses have gotten the, the brunt of the, ICU and ER, I would say maybe. Um, they've seen the brunt of all the deaths, but, I was a step down slash chemo nurse. So I was already giving people, sounds bad, but I was already giving people poison. So I'm desensitized to a certain degree mm-hmm. to death. So it didn't, it didn't affect me as much. How do you feel about the, the vaccines? Did you believe in it? No, not initially. I wasn't one of the first few people to get one, but because, you know, job made it mandatory, et cetera, just like they yeah. make our flu shots mandatory every year without calling yeah. them mandatory. Then I just went ahead and got it. So I don't. I didn't believe in the in the in the vaccine, but yeah. the only reason I got it is because obviously my job uh, required it because I was considered a fucking essential worker. Yeah. But um, when people tell me that oh I don't believe in the vaccine and all this other shit, I my retort to them is when you take when you take an aspirin pill, right? Do you even know what's in that aspirin pill? Right. When you take your kids to when they're about to start kindergarten, you know when the kids got to get shots, right? Do you even know what's being injected in them? But you don't ever ask questions, right? When you get hurt and a and a doctor says, "Oh, you need a, we need to stick this needle in your butt so you don't have so you don't feel the pain in your back," do you know what they're injecting? Do you ever ask questions? No. So why is it different now? Why all of a sudden you're you're like, oh, it's a conspiracy? about these niggas telling me to take this vaccine. 
It was just highly politicized, don't you feel? Like, I feel like both sides were saying, this is what you do for other people, or, oh, this is such a trap, and you shouldn't do that, don't be a she, blah, 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 whatever. So mm. it was so politicized. It could, it should have just been a personal decision, and I respect whoever's personal decision mm. with whatever they wanted to do. However, it became so politicized that it's like, oh, well, if I believe in this person, and they say I should, or I believe in this person, they say I shouldn't. You just kind of go with the flow. But there's a whole lot of shit that's not a personal decision. Um, I mean, I was forced to take shots as a child. <laughs> Correct. To go to school Correct. in kindergarten. I think that's I think that's uh, nationwide. You have to take your kid to get shots before they enter school. Well, there are a lot of anti That's not parents. personal decision. That's the, like that's like law. No. Or am I, or am I mistaken? Very. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um. It is still a personal decision for the parents. There's a lot of anti-vaxxers, especially in states like California, mm. where the parents are like, I don't want to give this many shots in one sitting for my child, even though it's been done for 100 years or whatever. Um, I want to spread it out or I don't want them to get this shot, but they can have that. There's so many choices that parents can make. And schools are allowing them because they're saying it's their religious beliefs or they don't believe in vaccine, whatever. There's waivers that you can fill out just like they did for COVID. So. Mm. Did you allow your children to get vaccinated? Heck yeah, I'm a medical professional. Absolutely. So you do believe in a vaccine? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I believed in the beginning that COVID vaccine would actually work. I was very skeptical. Well, I uh, the re- I think the reason why people are were skeptical at first because they were misinformed. They the government never said if you take this vaccine it would cure you. Correct. It just said that if you take it there's a better chance of you not dying. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing they literally said, but people were like, oh, when people took the vaccine and they were still dying, they were like, like, oh, "Oh, what? Yeah, it doesn't work. But if you look at the people who are dying, they were old, overweight. More than likely. Mm -hmm. They were like smokers. Or had some kind of issue with Yeah, had some type of issue. mm So it's not like, healthy, it wasn't like LeBron James, people like LeBron James were dying. Like healthy motherfuckers. (laughs) Rich, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who could afford the good yeah, stuff? Because right? I mean, I had I mm-hmm. uh, had COVID, and yeah, me too. I um, when I had it, I lost. I did lose my ap- appetite. I lost like ten pounds. I, I was <laughs> I was feeling weak, and then I got over it very yeah. quickly. And then that's it. Yeah, no coughing, no whatever, no, no, no coughing, nothing. Shut up. And then um. I went to go take the vaccine, mm-hmm. but then when I went to go take it, the nurse was like, well, you don't even need it because you had COVID already, so you're already immune. So they had a big discussion amongst themselves. She was like going to other nurses, asking questions. Right. Should this guy take the vaccine and shit? Because my job required it. So that was the only reason I went. Right. So they were like, well, he had COVID already. Should he? Because they thought that if they gave me the vaccine... Knowing that I already had COVID, it would be dangerous for me to take the vaccine. Right. But the niggas gave it to me anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing and nothing happened. I, I didn't just get Correct. sick the next day or anything, so I mean. There was a lot that we didn't know about COVID, and mm-hmm. I think people were just jumping off their own assumptions versus scientific evidence that this, that, and the other is what we should or should not do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. But I mean, my COVID was awful. I thought I was dying. I did not want to get the vaccine. And then it came out like whatever month. And then three weeks later, I got COVID. So I thought I, I thought I was dying. I could not breathe, couldn't taste, ate as much as I could, but didn't really want to eat. Do you think you got it uh, in a hospital? 
No, no. I know exactly where I got it from. I'm not going to call her name out, but I went Mm. to a Christmas gift exchange with two people. (laughs) One person had a runny nose and was like, it's my allergy. It didn't even seem like COVID to me. Mm. And three days later, boom, I got it. You don't want to shout her out real quick? No. <laughs> she knows. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, did it last long, the symptoms? Oh, yeah. Almost two weeks. I took two weeks off of work. Oh. I was just bedridden, extremely tired. I, like, I could feel my lungs, like, spasming on the inside because I was coughing so hard, so much. I mean, did you think you were, like, going to die? I mean, I didn't think I was going to die. I'm not dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, no, I just felt like, okay, am I going to make it out of this? Or how long is this going to take to get through? Yeah. Well, how long did it take to for you to take another test and, and, and it was negative? Um, 10 days or so. It was negative, but I still was very, very symptomatic. Running mm-hmm. nose, coughing, all that. So. And then you got the vaccine after? Mm-hmm. Did you get like the booster shot as well? Mm-hmm. But that was for a contract. I didn't really want the booster, to be honest with you. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> then, and then when they came out with that third boost, I was like, fuck that. We're good. Yeah, we're, we're totally good. good. I'm yeah. not going to. Because then when you <laughs> niggas say, oh, you need a seventh booster. No, nah, I'm not going to keep getting boosters. Well, Fuck I mean, that's that. what the flu shot is, right? We get a new flu shot every year. Right? I never get a flu shot. Okay. Well, I have to get a flu shot every year. Mm. I don't get a flu shot because I never get the flu. Mm-hmm. My whole 40 years of life, I've never gotten a flu. Wow. Or had the flu shot. Wow. I mean, I had colds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I never had a flu. That is amazing. What do you take? Ginseng? I think it's just my African blood. <laughs> My my African blood strong not, lineage. I have a family that's has a bloodline that's not been tainted by the Europeans. So I think that's why I don't get the flu. Oh, okay. The Europeans in your in your viewpoint are more susceptible to Well the Europeans and, and the Spanish, they brought all that disease to Africans. Well, it was normal to them. It was their normal cold, flu, whatever. Yeah, I mean there's no there's no part of any type of history. Or no historian that would say the Zulus had a cold. <laughs> and if there is, please reach out to me. No, I'm going to look it up too. Because <laughs> I've never heard any Zulu in history that said, oh, they were experiencing colds. Or they had tuberculosis or, or Spanish flu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. That shit didn't exist in, in Africa back in those days. That's deep. I'm really going to look into that, though. That's yeah. really interesting. I thought about yeah. that. Yeah. Because you know why? The Europeans, trash, rats, all that shit. Slaves didn't start getting that shit until they were on them boats with all them rats and that, that, <laughs> and that meat that was just sitting in barrels. Salted, probably. Salted. Allegedly. But there was rats riding, running around eating the Pooping shit. And then you pull it out. You eat it. And then the, you got the Europeans coughing. Coughing on the slaves, and then now they get sick, and they're close quarters. they're close quarters, bunched up. Then they get sick. Now, absolutely, yeah. It's just like the religion, Christian religion. Africans weren't preaching that shit till these niggas came, absolutely, and put it into their mind, absolutely. But it was a means of control too. So yeah, yeah, of course. We're not to go into that. So, um, tell the people. I mean, I don't know if you want to, but. Okay. You could tell the people uh, your social medias. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need any extra followers. If there's anything about nurse, well, let's talk to the youth. The youth that are thinking about getting into the nursing, right? Give us some positives and negatives about 
nursing, and then give me a positive and negative about a travel nurse. Okay. Nursing, the positives are, I mean, it can really make you feel good as a person to take care of other people. If that's your thing, if that's your Don't give me the generic shit. No, I'm fucking serious. It really, it does feel rewarding. Like, and I'm a cancer. Everything feels rewarding if you love it. Like, I can be a bus driver. If that's rewarding to me, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. So give me some shit that I, when I say give me a, when when I ask people for advice, don't get, like, what does it take? Like, if you ask a person about business, uh, what does it take? How do you, what does it take? Give me advice to start a business or just, and if someone would be like, oh, just don't give up. What? <laughs> right. That would be Just keep off. pushing. I don't want right. to hear that. Give me like, oh, well, it takes this to, to start an LLC. You got to pay this much. One, you got to take, three. you got to pay taxes every year. Remember that you get, give me details that like real shit that will help you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want the generic shit. Like don't give up. Always keep have a positive mind. I don't know. Don't yeah. tell me that bullshit. Uh, I guess I can start with the negatives. I mean, hospitals and hospital systems, this is just my opinion. I think they're exploiting nurses because of the caring aspect that we have. We're good caregivers. We care for others. So unfortunately, you feel like you don't want to abandon your patients or you don't want to hurt anyone. Well, mm. So you accept things that should not be accepted. So mm-hmm. you'll accept that fifth patient when you're not when you're supposed to be at the four mandated ratio because they take advantage. Well, we don't have anybody else, then you know whatever. So yeah. there's certain things that's that's I think that's a huge negative. Um, my friends are ER nurses and they get abused nonstop, left and right. People throwing left hooks, right hook, throwing stuff at them, spitting on them, whatever. There's a lot of abuse in nursing um, from patients and from each other. Mm. Um, and I guess the good thing. Long hours? I don't want hours. Okay. I choose. There's so many specialties where you do not have to 12-hour shifts. Anyway. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think the good thing inpatient, you work three days a week. That's bomb. That's amazing. You get so much done. You have so much more free time for your friends. And you only work three days a week? In, in, in the hospitals. Oh, I work crazy. five, but I chose to work eight hours instead of 12. Oh, okay. So everything you said that is, is the amount of days you work, is that like negotiable too when you become a nurse? Depending on your specialty. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there are some nurses who do like pre-op. They work maybe eight or 10 hours a day. No weekends, no holidays. Mm. Clinic nurses work eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. No weekends, no holidays. So depending on what you want to do. And nurses are basically like damn near doctors now, huh? Well, they have nurse practitioners, not nurses. So nurse mm. practitioners can prescribe and treat and diagnose and things, but I mm. can't one. Mm-hmm. All right, now, uh, po- uh, traveling nurses. Don't give, no. Um, positive of being a travel nurse, the money, the, I, the you know, going across the country or wherever you want to go, seeing new places, not on your own dime, right? Mm. Um, somebody's paying for you to be there and then you just get to work and vacation at whatever place you want to go to. Mm. Huge negatives. People are not always nice to you because you make so much money. Um, I think... I've worked at a couple Kaisers now, and these have been the best assignments that I've ever had as a travel nurse. Mm. But there are a lot of hospitals that just shit on you as a travel nurse. You take the worst assignments, you take the worst patients, the patients who yell, scream, kick, whatever, the patients who don't want to take their medicine, you have to spend 30 minutes in the room, whatever. You know, you get the worst of the worst a lot of times as a travel nurse. So just mentally prepare for that, and you need lots and lots of flexibility. You can't be, oh, we've always done this at Bob and Joe's Hospital in Iowa where I come. You have to be open to all sorts of different 
types of ways to do the same thing. I heard that when you're a traveling nurse and you go to another hospital, right? Um, like everyone knows you're a traveling nurse, so they know you're not going to be there for a long time. And they know you make a lot of money. So they give you the harder jobs because their their mind thinking is, you're not going to be here a long time. You make all this money. We're going to give you the harder jobs and the people that are here, they're just going to like right. chill. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. That's mm. part of the, I guess, bullying, I guess I would say, that mm. happens in the hospitals. Um, but I think what people really don't understand is maybe the contract, I guess my agency takes a cut, right? So I am a contract worker. My agency found this job, they found a person for the job, and they put me in that position. I only get a percentage of what the bill rate is. The bill rate may be $1,000 an hour. Mm. I only get 200 or whatever. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I only get a certain percentage of that. So they feel like, oh, you make $1,000 an hour. No, I don't. I don't bring any of that home. So stop picking on me. I make as much as you make. Yeah. Do you feel like you need a... You, do you feel uh, like you have to explain that to nurses a lot when you go to these doom places? I mean, I try to, but I think they still think, oh, you still make more than me. So, mm. I mean, I do, I do make more than whatever nurse at said hospital, but it's not that much more. And then being a nurse at that hospital, you get extra shift differentials, you get PTO, you get a 401k. We don't get any of that. So yeah, you get paid extra per hour, but I have to put money aside for my retirement or my future planning and I don't get PTO. So I can't take off unless I put it in the contract and writing. So. so is that a reason why a lot of people don't become traveling nurses because they don't, uh, they get all those other benefits? Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of people who do do traveling nurses is uh, uh basically their their thing is travel mm-hmm. like that's the number one seller probably yeah okay during the pandemic it was money i can tell there are so many nurses that i worked with that were just in it for the money and you can just mm. tell but now i think it's more so focused on i want to go somewhere yeah cool well, all right. Well, um, Jazz, thanks you for joining me on Everyday Celebrity Podcast, telling me about your life and nursing. Um, you guys are at your local hospital with a with a bullet wound. Don't look for her because she don't deal with that shit. Yep. <laughs> you want some poison in your veins? I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poison. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what chemo is. Honestly. Well, yeah. If you have that, count your days. That's nothing to play with. Absolutely not. Sad to hear, but it's realistic. Count your days. And make sure you are a good person. Because if you are an asshole, Mm. especially you old assholes out there, (laughs) and you spent your whole life and your grandkids don't want to be around you, your kids don't want to be around you, And if you fuck around and get an illness that you need someone to take care of you, you're going to be in hell because none of these niggas are going to want to be around you because you were an asshole your whole life. That's true. Now, I don't know if that has nothing to do with cancer, but it does. But very inspirational. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Any any last words? No. No. Eat healthy, nothing? No. Take care of yourself. I think that's the right. It's the, it's a super corny thing, but like, take care of yourself so you don't have to need us. Yeah. Eat right, meditate, all of that. You shouldn't need nurses. But if hospital. no one needed nurses, you guys will go out of business. <laughs> <laughs>
That's whole medical. They want to keep you sick. They don't want you to heal because they will go out of business. If everyone gets healed, they will go out of business. They need sick people for the medical world to stay in business. But there are a lot of preventables. Anyway, we're not, we're not, but yes, there are a lot of preventable stuff. So prevent what you can. Yeah. That's my message. All right. (laughs) Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You. Thank you.